This episode may contain spoilers and might cover topics that some will find graphic or triggering. Please use discretion when listening. Hi everyone, I'm Lex. And I'm Bree. And this is What the Fantasy, an otherworldly podcast. The podcast where two 20-somethings stumble our way through our favorite fantasy books, shows, and movies. Join us as we increase our book body count, simp over fictional men, and spew other absolute nonsense, all while deep diving into new releases, the classics, and everything in between. So sit back and let the adventure begin. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Howdy, y'all. It is Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We just had a fire. Our husband cooked us a fire brunch. brunch. Yeah, it was pretty good. Minus the fact that neither of us had any alcohol to go with it. But maybe one day soon. One day. I think it's going to be one day real soon. Real soon, hopefully. Real soon. Um, um, I am currently wearing elf ears that I got at the Williamson County uh, Renaissance Fair. As you should. Yes. Because our episode this week is on... Rings of Power, which we are super, super stoked for, so. All right, before we begin diving into Rings of Power, we have a couple of quick housekeeping items. Yeah, um, so we have decided to adjust our little content calendar a little um, with some release dates of our episodes. So we're still going to be covering um, things like House of Dragon mid-season update and finales for both that and Rings of Power. Um as well as the final installation of our beloved Twilight Saga. Woo! Um, but for the full schedule, look out on our social media at What the Fantasy Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Um, we'll release a, a full schedule so you can read and watch along with us and then listen accordingly. Basically, the only change is we're taking Light Lark off the lineup yeah, because I, I got 14 <laughs> pages in and I just I physically can't do it anymore. Yeah, the book talk slander really um, taught us a lot about what this book was actually going to be like this is the last time i allow alexa to put a book on the tbr for us okay well the witch collector's on here so (laughs) (laughs) hopefully that book doesn't suck if it does then i'm blaming you book talk yeah (laughs) you were the ones that suggested it's so good um but yeah for more information and for our full lineup and calendar check our socials um i will get that updated as soon as possible and keep you all very happy yeah Otherwise, I don't think we have much catching up to do today since we're seeing each other every week now. And I have not been reading because I've been nesting. <laughs> I have not been reading because I don't. I just haven't, just been, haven't reading. been reading. I've been in a slump. It's an off season. Everybody has an off season. Yeah. That's fine. Um, so let's let's get into it. Dive on in. All right. Um, I think I want to start with just some information about the show. Um, like I was telling Alexa earlier, I've realized after watching these first two episodes that I am not, in fact, like a diehard Tolkien, Tol- yeah, Tolkien yeah, same. fan. And like a lot of the show kind of went over my head. I had to do some outside research to kind of figure out, you know, how all of this connects back to the Lord of the Rings and like what's really going on. And I feel like probably some of our listeners might be in the same boat. So I feel like maybe it'll be good if we just do a little background dive into some of the stuff up front. Yeah. Um, I wanted to start off talking about the showrunners of Rings of Power. Um, they are J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay. They also double as executive producers. Um, they're not widely known to most audiences. They've actually 
um, written several unproduced screenplays, oh, and cool. this is their first major work. Um, it's a lot of pressure. Which is also, you know, it's one of the it's most expensive series ever made. Yeah, so the budget. I, I don't think it's been like confirmed, but it's like what seven fifty million to it's a like one billion, almost a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, which is insane. Which I'm interested, like. Surely that's not all for the first season, right? Because No, I, I think that is just for the first season. Holy shit. Yeah. Because I did read that um the story is kind of intended to be told over like a series of five seasons. So I think that we're hmm. gonna get at least five seasons out of this. Okay. Well I think a five season show is like the perfect amount of seasons. Especially if these are you know, they're like eight to ten episode yeah. um seasons. So that'll they're be They're not super long. But yeah. the ep- the episodes themselves are an hour or so. Correct. Yeah. Um, to kind of dig into, you know, where the showrunners are getting a lot of their information. Um, so basically, Rings of Power took a lot of the influence from the Silmarillion, which, if you don't know what that is, it is a collection of stories from Middle-earth, um, and just the wider fictional Tolkien universe as a whole. It was written by Tolkien, but then it was later edited by his son Christopher after his death. Yeah, it's like Um, all of his, like, notes and... Right. Um, it's, um... The way that it's written is kind of like how Blood and Fire, I think that's the name of it, is written, um, where it's not just meant to be like, you know, a bunch of storytelling. It's like meant to be presented as this kind of like fictional historical account that was written by like several authors. So like think about how like the Bible has like a bunch of different authors who were written together. Um, And what I think is interesting is one of those is possibly includes Bilbo Baggins. I love that. Yeah. Um, so it basically Maybe covers... Maybe we should read that just on the side for fun. Just on the side for fun. Not yeah. for the pod. Um, but it's supposed to cover everything from the origin of this like Tolkien world to the later ages. Okay. Um, but I also read kind of a conflicting story that said that Amazon was unable to secure the film rights to the Similian. So that... Um, huh. So instead, it was harder for them to incorporate probably aspects of that story then. I guess, yeah. So it says instead that the story is based on the appendices of the Lord of the Rings. Okay. So, um, so the, you have information on the Cimmerillion's like key structure, right? Like on like what they cover in it, because I know that a point of contention was the the fact that they overlooked the Cimmerils. In the jewels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I dig into that, though, I do want to note that even in the Silmar- the Silmarillion, that is a very difficult word to say. It's a lot of um, Because it's not like a storytelling device, it's more of like a historical account, um, mm-hmm. textbook, some might say. There aren't like the same kind of, you know, rich details regarding the events of the Second Age that you get um, in the Lord of the Rings for the Third Age. And I think that this means that Amazon's writing team will have a lot of space to, you know, fill things with things that Tolkien didn't explicitly outline. So they are going to have a little bit more freedom. And I think that this is what's making a lot of the diehard Tolkien fans kind of nervous about the show mm-hmm. um, and kind of its ability to stay respectful to the source material. I think that's fair. I mean, I'm myself, I'm not obviously a diehard Tolkien fan. I have the books. I haven't read them yet. Right. But I've watched the movies. Mm-hmm. At least once or twice a year. 
Like, I, I, they're my comfort movies, so I just put them on all the time. Okay. So, you, I mean, you definitely have a lot more knowledge than I will, though. Well, hopefully. I probably watched them. <laughs> the last time I watched them was probably a year, maybe two ago. My roommate and I, there's a really good wing place across the street from our house, and we would get wings Invite on me. Friday nights and yeah. have wings and rings. Oh, I love that. That's so and fun. And so, every Friday, we would get wings and watch one of the Lord of the Rings movies, and then after we finished that, we had Wings and Wars, where we did Star Wars. That's awesome. Wings yeah. and Wars and Wings and Rings. And then she got a stupid boyfriend stopped hanging out with me we can still do wings and rings for rings of power Ooh, i'll bring the wings <laughs> bring some wings if you baby. live in east nashville tennessee and you have not been to got wings what are you doing with your life we don't have any good wing places around my house so i'll bring you go. some maybe for our um next episode we do rings of power i'll bring some wings yeah let's do it and you guys can just listen to us chomping, chomping on wings <laughs> recording It'll be like an ASMR episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you want me to kind of talk about the summer, the summer rills? Yeah. Okay, so a lot of the a lot of the um, I think the show kind of skipped over a lot of the reason for the conflict between Morgoth and the elves. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Morgoth he pulled some real shit. And destroyed their two trees, which were the Tel the Telperion and the Laurelin. Yeah, because they showed that. They showed it. The they didn't beginning. like explain it. Yeah. Um. But so those two trees were the light source in Valinor, and so you know they had always known all this light and love and happiness. You know. Yeah. And in the beginning, um, they're like, we didn't even have a word for death. Yeah. And now they have many. But anyways, so he also stole three stones containing their light, and that is the Silmarils. And so basically, okay. I think that the Silmarillion kind of revolves around all of that. Um, I wonder but if they're going to incorporate the Silmarils later then. If they haven't yet, it feels kind of weird that they wouldn't. Seems That's like true. a very important piece to kind of gloss over, but maybe they had some yeah. difficulty, like incorporating it into the rest of the story that they is wanted true. That to is tell. very weird that they kind of just glossed over it but basically if you've read the Silmarillion, you know that stealing these stones was a major party foul yeah kind of rude seems so, like it. pretty rude yeah um <laughs> pretty pretty rude um so kind of starting from the top so rings of power is set in middle earth's second age which if, it's like thousands of years yeah, before so it Bilbo is thousands Baggins of time. years before the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, um, which makes sense when you put it into the context of like what we're how we're seeing different um, like factions of mm-hmm. of species living, like how yeah, the Hobbits like aren't the really called. Yeah, they're called Harfoots. So, and yeah, the well, they're they're different. They're technically they. I think the Harfoots they're like a type are, of Hobbit. Aren't Harfoots they? are ancestors of what we know of as Hobbits. As the, quote-unquote current day Their hobbits. version of like neanderthals compared yes. to humans yeah 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 although seems a little bit more yeah i mean i wouldn't <laughs> evolved. Go that far. um one thing that is important about the second age is the most important event of this era of course is the forging of the rings mm-hmm. and the rise of our dark lord and savior sauron, sauron. um but i think that this series i read that it'll also cover the quote-unquote epic tale of the Numenor, which is an island nation of men that Sauron manipulates, as well as the last alliance of elves and men, Um, and that is whenever the two races team up to take on Sauron. Okay, yeah. So I think that's where this um, season is going to be going, which will be interesting. Yeah, I'm. I actually really like that the it's set where it is. I have really enjoyed even just the small 
like glimpse of backstory that we've had for Galadriel and Lord Elrond. Right. Um, Can we talk about them for a second? Yeah, let's do it. So as you know, um, well, where am I? Yeah, so Galadriel, who was originally played by our queen, Kate Blanchett, and mm-hmm. Elrond was played by Hugo Weaving. Both of which were so fabulous. So fabulous. Iconic. I am so underwhelmed by the hotness of this cast. It's unbelievable. It is It is disappointing. Although I think that the actress who plays Galadriel is She's gorgeous. growing on me. She's gorgeous, I think. But, but like, Elrond, Kate Blanchett was just, like, ethereal. Yeah, almost she in Lord truly Bruce. is. Like, I, and I think we're going to get there, maybe, with her. Because her story is still developing. So, right. like, they haven't really put that, like that lens on her yet that they wanted us to have for Galadriel like where she does emit that like ethereal like queen angel yeah. vibe um but I guess she's Elrond, get there Elrond I think they focused more on finding someone that actually looked like the OG Elrond which I think they did a pretty good job with but it's just not hot to me and I think I that that's a problem because all I care that's all I care about yeah I was like waiting for someone hot to come in and finally in episode two I was like this mean sailor man he's pretty hot oh really i can get I with him that, um <laughs> so i texted alexa when i was watching episode one i was like there have been zero hot people and then i immediately texted her during one scene i was like just kidding we got two in one seat and i was talking about um aaron deer and bronwyn oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah aaron deer's pretty cute <laughs> yeah so is bronwyn she's yeah. beautiful yeah she is um but yeah i so Gladriel and Elrond will probably be the only people that we know because even Arwen was not born until the third age, which I didn't realize that she was that much younger oh, than yeah. them. I didn't. I didn't realize that. Which either. makes sense though, because isn't she? Ha- she's half human, half elf. Yeah, which, but she still has the life of an elf. I mean, yeah. Until obviously she forfeits Ye- that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but which good for her because I would do pretty much anything for Aragorn too. So can't blame her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No fault of her. Yeah. But um, what was I going to say? I was going somewhere with this. Um, we were talking about uh, the two of them just in general. Oh, oh no. I think I was going with, you know, you see how far the elven and human relationships go because at this point in time there would never be a half elf half human yeah ever. for sure like it's so, it's like a true testament to the like progress of civilization that, that that's even a thing yeah that's that these because i mean and fal- it's pretty fal- common fal- by the time you get to the third age that yeah. you have all these like halflings yeah and so. I, th- I find it interesting to also like compare the dynamics between like the elves and the dwarves and i mean right. we know a little bit more context about the elves and the dwarves relationship from like the hobbit and stuff right um but it is it's it's interesting to see how all those dynamics have changed so much and like the fact that the harfoots are literally like almost mythical creatures to like the travelers when they talk about the harfoots yeah. like it sounds like they're talking about like garden gnomes you know like yeah. they're like or it could be this and, like they like they don't even believe in hobbits fully yet. I think that the inclusion of the Harfoots was a really interesting choice on this um, for the showrunners to make because I think that you know their inclusion kind of it leads me to believe they will be taking this like a deviated path from the source material somewhat. Yeah. Because um, according to Tolkien, the hobbits are and their ancestors never really did anything of notoriety until good old Bilbo. Yeah. So just by kind of do. including them, I feel like they've kind of got they've got to be important somehow and obviously yeah. nori has something to do with our um our 
old man old who's, man friend yeah who's so kind of senile and yeah can't speak. i think that um just like by including them kind of shows that they are going to be taking um some more like yeah creative liberties with all the different species in the stories kind yeah. of i think um I'm okay with that. Like, yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally okay, okay with, okay them, with like, it. Deviating from source material because the source material they're working from is already pretty loose. Yeah, I oh, mean, 100%. they don't have a ton to go off of, so they're kind of creating it, which I think is cool. Um, I do think that I, I I do admire that they have stayed really true to the style of the Lord of the Rings, like especially the costume design and all that is really good. The orcs, I noticed. You think the costumes are good? Yeah, I think. Well, I think they're very like. A la OG um, Lord of the Rings. Loader? Yeah, Lauder. Yeah. Um, because I, in comparison to The Hobbit, like the original Lord of the Rings is just done so much better. Mm-hmm. And I hated the style of the orcs in The Hobbit. I think that's pretty like unanimous that this, the orcs just don't look like orcs in The Hobbit sh- movies. So the fact that they kind of like reverted to the original style with that is really refreshing. And the cinematography is super similar to the Lord of the Rings. Like, I think that they learned their lesson because after The Hobbit mm-hmm. came out, everyone was... People Bitching hate about The that. Hobbit. Yeah. I don't hate them. I watch them every time I watch The Lord of and the like, Rings. Even, but they do uh, get worse as you get... Christopher Tolkien had some words to say yeah. about the way that that movie was done. The, he talked the, massive... Well, who was the director? Uh, Jackson? What's his name? Peter Jackson. Peter, he talked mad shit about Peter Jackson after The Hobbit came out. Because... Peter Jackson did such a good job on the and then original. And really dropped the bag on they the They went Hobbit. way too hard on the CGI in The Hobbit. Yeah. Like, they just tried way too hard, and it it was a total flop. I really want to find the quote that he said about him after this movie came out. Hold on one second. Okay. Um, turns out it was actually Lord of the Rings that Christopher was upset about. He... <laughs> the synopsis of the quote is basically they've eviscerated the book by making it into an action movie for young people aged 15 to 25 i mean i don't understand how they that, well i guess i'll have to read the books yeah i mean i've out. never i haven't finished the series of books to know but he obviously didn't butcher it that bad because that movie made those movies it's made their billion dollar fr- it's a billion so dollar franchise much money yeah so much money so still do just yeah still do still are i mean yeah. clearly they just put out a billion dollar season about it so yeah. um let's see what shall we talk about now um oh sorry, i on. didn't realize that aaron deer aaron aaron deer the hot elf mm-hmm. so he is a sylvan elf which means that he um the a distinction between him and you know other elves is that he prefers the woods and the forest to waterfalls and castles yeah i think so the the high elves um are the ones that we see in like elrond and um and galadriel they're the high elves but the sylvan elves are the ones that we see in the hobbit because that's where like legolas comes from he's not a high elf he's a sylvan elf and so is that checks out yeah and so is um whatever the girl's name is she's not even in the the real hobbit but you know the the love interest elf in the hobbit yeah 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 Yeah. um her yeah her so the there are like different factions of elves which i find it interesting that they're bringing both into this because i want to see how they all connect together and i think we hopefully will get that but um I think that they did a pretty good job of implying that when they showed the map and different 
locations and stuff that they're using in the episode yeah it was really helpful for them to be like this is london the capital of the high elves this is the southlands the land of men um i enjoyed that i thought that was a like really nice way to educate us on the different right agreed yeah Yeah, I love that they do that. Um, How do you feel about the diversity of the cast? I know that whenever the casting first came out for this, like people were going crazy because they were like, hell yeah, Lord of the Rings, but like they have a diverse cast. But I don't really feel like the cast is really that diverse. I mean, yeah, like two of the main characters are people of color and that's it. Like there's some diverse background characters. Yeah, I think there were three total black characters and that was it. Like, Yeah, I think that maybe... It was um, being applauded a for all bit. its diversity, but is it really diverse? Yeah, it's all really of your that background, diverse. Like, your background and your extras are diverse? Yeah, but like, like, secondary characters. Yeah. Like, well, I guess I don't know really if... So, let's see. You have the Hardfoot. Yeah. Um, the Queen... Are oh, the, okay, so that's more than I'm thinking of already. The, pr- the Queen of the Dwarves. The princess, yeah. And then... Okay, so, yeah, that's There's, three. like, two or three Harfoots. Yeah. Okay, maybe like five. I don't know. I just feel like everybody's freaking out being like about times Lord of the Rings became diverse, but it I don't really know. There are also other like races and ethnicities that we're not seeing incorporated too, you know? What yeah, I mean? like exactly. <laughs> like mm, I don't know. But I just wanted to yeah. touch base and see how you felt about that. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Um one thing I did have a little bit of beef with is um they repeat over and over, like throughout the Lord of the Rings and even the Hobbit too, that female dwarves like also have beards and they're like really haggardly they look like male dwarves and the this is the first female dwarf we've ever been introduced to in this entire world yeah and she is nothing like she is she's pretty but she's not supposed to be like oh i didn't know like the female dwarves are supposed to be like also bearded and like dirty just like the male dwarves are like they're supposed to be a whole lot like their spouses their male counterparts but i think i can get over that because they're re- like do we really expect them to make ugly bearded women yeah that, the- <laughs> that tv would not sell yeah probably not that's fair um one of the quotes i wanted to touch base on is you know i think it was the first thing said out of the gate in episode one the nothing is evil in the beginning and you know i just thought it was funny because you know you have this like gaggle of child elves playing in this field yeah and one of them is gladriel herself and one of them is that little shit-eating kid who drowns her boat yeah fuck that kid evil you know she's already clearly too good for the riffraff that she's hanging around with true I think we can all agree in that um but she like you know makes this little boat and sets it sailing on the creek um it unfolds into this like origami swan situation like yeah a true queen yeah and then the other little hellion Bad bitch moves. the other little elf kids you know taunt her and throw rocks at it because you know who is who is evil in the beginning them fucking children yeah that's who's evil <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> we will make sure mine is not i just thought that was pretty I ironic be, i will not be bringing any like shit-eating kids into this nothing world. is evil in the beginning except children except that yeah except those so, children that's just my <laughs> that's um so one thing i wanted to speculate on for a second is um where they're taking elrond and this um i forget the name of the the smith that he's apprenticing with i'm assuming he's making the rings right i think yeah so i, I believe that that's the forge to make the rings with but i want to like speculate on how elrond's role fits into that because 
I guess as a non-book reader, but as a passionate movie watcher, like they really don't address that he ever had any hand in that. So maybe at some point he kind of realizes the danger and what's what this forge could truly create and, mm. you know, steps away or something. But um, I, found, I found that really interesting that they are kind of already teasing that in the beginning and that Elrond potentially has such a heavy hand in the creation of the rings. Yeah, because you, I mean, you, like you said, if you're just a book watcher, book watcher, a movie watcher, <laughs> um, you would have had no idea that yeah. he even had anything to do with them. Yeah, and I'm, I'm curious to see, like, if we're going to get the distribution of the rings, like, the creation of the rings and the distribution of the rings in where and within this timeline that's going to fall like is it going to be next season is it going to be the finale season I like that would make a really good finale but i don't know how quickly they would have to move time to get all of that in the next six episodes yeah i think they would have to move it all along a little too quickly yeah um what do we think is going to happen with galadriel because I, I think she's probably going to be pretty close to ostracized from the high elves um she's i mean deliberately disobeyed the order of her her high king and they speculate that the high king and, and Elrond speculate together like the future that they saw with her possibly bringing this evil back to life that she's searching for versus her searching for it to destroy it right so I'm curious to see if that means like she's going to be partially to blame for Sauron's rise to power or how that's going to work I'm trying to remember. Will you give me a refresher on like what in the movies? What is she up to? So she is like, I mean, she's basically the lord of all the elves. elves. Like she is like the highest, highest, most power of the the elves. So she. So we know in a thousand years she has to get to that point. Yeah, she has to in in these next you know seasons, episodes, whatever in this series. She's going to have to become some very well-respected, esteemed woman versus the woman she is right now. I think that she's going to come... I don't even know if she's going to go back. I think she's going to go straight to the Southlands. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Um, the man, the like land of men. The land of men. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that at first she's going to be, you know, ostracized. She is going to... She might take on some blame, but I think in the end she's going to be, prevail as like the hero who yeah. she's not the hero. She's not who the elves deserve. She's who the elves need. Yeah, and the elves and the humans obviously hate each other right now, so I'm curious mm-hmm. to see if she'll have a I think she'll be do she'll a big be like part of band-aid. bridging that gap. Yeah, I think so too. Um and I Who's the hot guy on the boat? Do you remember his name? I don't know. So he's not in any of the books. Like, he's not in any of the source material. He is a made-up... He's a new character that they made up. Yeah. So, I think that they may use their relationship to As kind like of a, a bridge between the relationship between that the elves and humans. I want to see how they're going to bring this crazy old coot with the stars into everything. What like, do, you, do you have any predictions on what he is? Not really. Um, kind, kind of, of a, thought maybe that a little bit, but was I was... A, a sorcerer? A sorcerer, but I, I don't think that say. they were around in the Second Age. I don't know if they were or weren't, but Cullen and I were discussing as we watched it, because I was like, he gives me Radagast vibes, like mm-hmm. Radagast, the crazy old coot yeah. wizard. Um, but he also kind of looks like he might be supposed to be a younger Gandalf to me. Whenever he, whenever it first panned him at the very end of the first episode... Um, 
I like it did a double take because it literally looked like a yeah. C- like a younger like CGI like Gandalf yeah. face to me. And we know that he and um, Galadriel have a very unique relationship and a very long history. Mm-hmm. Like she has a name for him, Mithrandir, and the movies that like he is someone very special to her and very they have such a unique relationship. So it wouldn't be surprising to me if they started trying to incorporate the idea of wizards or even just Gandalf himself into this. Well, have you ever gone down the rabbit hole? I went down this rabbit hole on TikTok once that basically it's like a conspiracy that Gandalf is not just a wizard. He's like actually an old god who like came down to the planet and like all of this stuff and who he's lived like eons and eons like before even the elves and all this stuff. No, but that would totally check out. I mean, that makes sense with the like the way he landed on Earth. Mm-hmm. And Cullen and I were talking about how like, well, we know that wizards aren't like like born like they're not like born baby wizards yeah you know so very this very well could be our first introduction to a sorcerer especially with the way he was like conducting all the fireflies Fireflies. to do you know like the the pattern of the stars the constellation yeah yeah so um i think that that'll be that's what i'm most intrigued about right now is where they take the stranger as he's called on the show yeah the stranger i think we're gonna find um Nori and Poppy getting themselves into a little bit of a Frodo Sam situation where they right. leave they remind the, me of the twins of, more than they do Frodo and Sam. Yeah, right now. a little bit more like Mary and Pippin vibes. Yeah, yeah. I think they. You um, know who Nori really gives me vibes? She gives me Ariel vi- like part of your world vibes. Like she wants yeah, something like, more in life than what she's given. She wants feet, man. She wants to walk on the she shore. She wants feet. She has she has more than what enough are those feet called? for one little girl, oh. but feet <laughs> i could sing that whole song don't get me started um yeah i think she uh is gonna find herself on the first like preamble of hobbit adventure adventures yeah so which will be interesting to see um how the amazon show writers get creative with that because there's no source material on it so yeah i love that um one thing that i thought was really cool and a very unique and like way to filter into something we already know as part of the Lord of the Rings universe is um, Durin and the Under the Mountain. Beautiful. Um, I thought that they did that really well. Mm -hmm. So, like, we obviously know, like, Durin, Durin's day, like, he is one of the, like, formative... He's the third, correct? Yeah. The Durin that we met in episode two is Durin the third. I believe so. And so he's, like, obviously a very formative figure in... um, Lord of the Rings and right. specifically Dwarven history. Mm-hmm. So I thought that it was cool to see like Under the Mountain when it was at its prime or right. like at least on its uprise, on you its know? Way to being the prime. Yeah, it was really cool. I thought they did a great job of incorporating that. And um, I found the relationship between Durin and um, Elrond. His s- petty ass. Yeah, his petty ass. You he was like, You didn't. My wedding! I was like, <laughs> Oh my god! I was literally like, I loved what? it. Why is he so? Like, I was like, I thought they were supposed to be friends. What's happening? And he goes, "You missed my, my wedding, wedding and, and the birth t- of my two, two children. children." I was like, "Hey, I'd be pissed too, man." He's yeah. taking all the grudge. I mean, pretty sure that's like what dwarves are known for is like yeah, their stubbornness. Sure. So it makes sense that he was like pissed, and he was like, "He's not staying for dinner." <laughs> <laughs> but then you know you have your the bad bitch wife who comes in like, "Yes, yeah, Disa, I think that's her name. Yeah, Disa, D- Disa or Disa or something." Um, what do you have any predictions for what was in the box? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my coffee. I think uh, my only prediction as of right now is the Arkenstone. Mm. Um, because it is 
known to be like so powerful and such a valuable stone and we know it shines and kind of glimmers and you know like that but question for you and this is just me not knowing things Mm -hmm. do we think that the stone in any way helps with the building of the forge to get it powerful enough to be able to create the power strong enough to forge the rings oh i don't know the answer to that but that's a really interesting speculation I yeah, think it so totally if you do know the answer to that, Hit let us, us know. Yeah. Um, this is just me fireball spitting here. I have no idea. I'm learning as I go, so don't come at me. Yeah, and again, haven't read the books, so except yeah. for The Hobbit, so don't don't hate on us too much. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's a really interesting speculation, and I don't know if it's the Arkenstone because I don't know if anyone, um, like I don't know the true role that it played outside of what they give you in The Hobbit, like the full context of its history, how it was found, um, how it's been used as a, you know, powerful device. Power source. Yeah, power source in the past, but it obviously holds some sort of mysterious power, Mm -hmm. considering, like, the chokehold it had on the dwarven (laughs) kings for thousands of years. What a way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, that that was my best guess. I saw the shining light, and I was like, I wonder if that's what it is. Shine bright like a diamond. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the High King, uh, Gilgalad? Did you feel like he was maybe, like, elf-splaining Gladriel's findings and kind of making them seem like the war had ended? I just, yeah. I saw the f- term elf-splaining online and literally cracked up laughing I, for I five minutes. I am a big fan. That's the first I've heard of it, and it's, like, <laughs> the, it's a perfect term. It's it perfect. is. And I feel like all elves, they, elf-splain. Yeah, they do. They're all, like, so, oh, I'm so high and mighty. Yeah. Like, let me dumb this down for you a I'm going to start using that in my everyday language, I believe. One thing I hope they incorporate is, um, like, elven-wise, is their, like, almost like sixth sense like something that legolas has is this like uncanny ability to like sense things that are happening or going to happen like he's very um like intuitive and almost like prophetic at times i kind of feel like we they've kind of touched on a little bit you know whenever like gil uh Gilgalad picked up the leaf and you know yeah kind saw of the like curse on it curb. or whatever and i think that galadriel does kind of have that to a certain extent um yeah. i don't think that it's something that they've obviously come out and explicitly stated but i think it may be something that we were supposed to pick up on undercurrents of yeah um, and maybe so it's something that develops more in them over time as you become more because po- galadriel is what only a few hundred years old at this point she's still a baby i'm guessing yeah she seems like she's because she was to be pretty a child young. whenever the conflict started and the conflict yeah. with morgoth was a few centuries so I'd say she's still she's only a few hundred years old at this yeah, point. Yeah, which is which makes sense for the her. The blink of an eye for an elf. It is a blink. They're of an always eye. like twenty years or a hundred years is the blink of an eye for an elf. Yeah, even <laughs> like remind um, us again that you live forever. Yeah, keep. <laughs> oh, I'll, please, elf, explain t- how time yeah, works for me. Yeah, for I, real, please. So I see your uh, vampire transformation question, and I raise you. Would you <laughs> want to live forever as an elf? Like, would you want to make the decision to go to like, like? Here's the you thing. would have to basically choose to end your own life, like go to Greyhaven like she is supposed to in this. Here's the thing. Would I look like this or would I look like an elf? We'd look like elves. I'd do it. Yeah, I wouldn't heartbeat. <laughs> I'd be like, if I have the tr- if I just get sick of life, then yeah, I'll get on the boat and sail into the, you know, the shimmering sea or whatever. Like, I don't care. <laughs> but I'll put me forever. On, I, I can't put me yeah, on my really. boat. Yeah, really. I did not like her little 
weasel of a like second in command or whatever he was. I get that he was like trying to follow the High King's orders, but and subordinate elf number one. Yeah, That's... yeah. Is that, <laughs> is that what you've nicknamed him? Yeah. He had a name and I don't remember what it was. I don't give a fuck. But he was a shit. The only good thing he did was use his sword to make the little ramp for Galadriel whenever she did her like aerodynamic badassery. Yeah, to take I love that, that scene. I thought that was really cool. Um, the frost troll or snow troll yeah. or whatever. You know what really pissed me off? You know, she wanted to press forward, and in this in this conflict for good but the rest of the elves you know just kind of mutiny and despite the fact that she literally just saved all their lives yeah then you have little insubordinate elf number one he just keeps running his mouth yeah and he's like oh well you don't know how old that symbol could have been here like how long that symbol could have been here she for and she's like them. doesn't matter the fact that it's here means that it's like happened after yeah morgoth you know it's just you know goes to show the struggle of hashtag True. women in the workplace is everywhere. Poor Gladriel. Yeah. Oh, what do you think? Um, jumping back to the like struggles that the like men are facing. What do you think that like little oh, fuck men? I don't care. Freaky Sorry, thing and that's like infesting their houses is like is that, that supposed to be an orc? It kind of looked like an orc, but like it wasn't as big. Yeah, and it like had these long talons, which I, we've that never seen gross. an orc with that before. It kind of looked like gloves to me. Yeah, it, 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 at first I thought it was going to be like some sort of mutant rodent or something. Yeah, I don't and, know. I And I, it took Aaron to like or they, I, I don't know if there's like a whole bunch of them, but it seemed like it because all their little creepy hands were pulling him into you know, the mud. Yeah, I wonder how our boy's doing. Yeah. What's he I'm, up to? I'm curious to see if he and Bronwyn will be reunited after he gets out of these tunnels. Reunited and it feels <laughs> so good. It's so obvious that you come from a line of singers. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your blood. <laughs> to be fair, I am quite stopped up right now, so that's probably the only reason I sound so bad. You better not have COVID. Speaking of COVID... Can we talk about the health code violation that is the proprietor of the uh, little the bar pub just in there butchering animals shirtless? Yeah, I was like, bro, that's so germy. Like, there were so <laughs> many health code violations. Yeah, that place was nasty. I wouldn't be drinking in would there. Not, would not be my pub of choice for an afternoon Yeah, pint, those sure. people are probably rife with, like, sepsis and... That's why they're fucking Whatever cows the, ooze black liquid. It's, it has nothing to do with the orc yeah, like wannabes. It's their fucking and stuff. shirtless butcher. Yeah, I'm really, I am really interested in that um, aspect of the story too. Like what this poison grass is, where it's coming from. Um, actually, Cullen had a really interesting theory about. Why doesn't he ever come in and share these theories? I know. I just have bitch. to be his mouth for him. One day we'll get him on here um, when we get a third mic, <laughs> or he can share, share. mine. Yeah. Um, he speculated that possibly where they, um, this town that caught on fire is, I forget the name of it, um, the town of man at the end of episode one that it shows like engulfed in flames. Uh He was like, I wonder if this is the start of like Mordor because Mm. I'm pretty sure that's like close to where it is on the map and, um, it would make sense if it like already is starting to you know this evil is starting to spread because um 
that little shithead Theo's got that evil sword. Theo's up piece. to something bad. Theo, Theo is, going is bad find himself news. In trouble. Theo's bad news. Yeah, he's gonna bring that little sword shard everywhere. What and was it's up gonna with his blood, like making it flame up? Um, I don't know. That was wild. Yeah, he has obviously some kind of like mysterious connection to this sword. Where did he power. even get it? Because, like, I know he had it stashed under Beats the... me. Yeah. I, mm, there's some sketchy things happening yeah. around there. And I think his his little buddy is going to get jealous and see that this thing holds, like, a, some secret power and pro- possibly, like, loses marbles over it or something. I feel like um, it's setting it up for... Here's a spit take. What if... Because, you know, um, Sauron right now has a corporeal form. But what if he's Mm -hmm. not an actual, like, person anymore? What if he can just inhabit a person? I could see it. So what if he uses this little thing and he takes over Theo's body? And then Theo becomes what we now know as Sauron. That would be wild. That's my Spitfire take that I literally just came up with. Um, I could totally see it. I mean, we see that all the time in fantasy, like beings not having possession of the body yeah like not having a corporal form yeah and being able to possess objects and then inhabit the people who those objects you know befall or whatever Mm -hmm. i don't know if i have a whole lot more on this i don't either um i'm i i have to remind myself to like be patient with this storyline because obviously like the lord of the rings movies and stuff are movies so you get a lot of (laughs) satisfaction pretty immediately from them like instant action instant intrigue and this is more like drawn out telling the story and setting up the stage for not only the rest of this season but for other potential seasons so i think we're gonna have a lot more to discuss like when we do our finale episode um yeah to see how they wrap it all up together yeah um my only other note i had was morgoth dash valar dash think lucifer in parentheses (laughs) Morgoth is that kid in preschool who knocks over everyone else's block tower in parentheses. 100%. Yeah. And his... Did we talk about his relationship with Sauron at all? Like, how they no. relate to each other? No, we haven't. So Enlighten me. Yeah. So, I, from my understanding, it seems Morgoth is, like, the OG bad guy in this world. And Sauron was more of, like, a... Apprentice? Yeah, like an apprentice. Like, a general of his army or something. They had a relationship in which Sauron is, like, now the sole... Um, like inheritance of his power because he's like the surviving member of um, their faction it, it seems so Sauron is a very long living being but Morgoth we won't see again yeah no he's which is interesting that Sauron was his general but at some point yeah I don't know if that's like, like perfectly more, accurate but yeah but, you know, at one point has become more powerful than yeah. Morgoth. I read that there's an, a, a distinction that Morgoth wanted, like, annihilation of, like, the world. Like, he wanted to just, like, ruin everything. And, and Sauron just wanted absolute power. Yeah. He just yeah. wanted to, like, overthrow all of the other beings and become, like, the king of all of them. So I think that's an important distinction, too. Because maybe Sauron doesn't originally see himself as being that evil in comparison to his old boss man. I don't know. Stick it to the man. Stick it to the man. All right. Well, we will be back next week with Breaking Dawn. 
right? Hell yeah. Hails to the yeah. Hails to the yeah. I think you're going to like them. I'm really actually excited to see how this uh, series wraps up because <laughs> it's been such an uh, an adventure already. Like just from the first movie, which was so, so, so bad. <laughs> Second movie, which was pretty boring and bad yeah, CGI. Two and three are boring as fuck. Yeah. Uh, three was fine. It was, it was okay. But I can't wait to see the evolution in the acting and all of the um, like twists and turns that are about to happen because I know couple of spoilers but i don't know how we get there in the storyline so (laughs) yep we will be back with breaking dawn next week and uh, after that we have our house of dragon mid-season update super excited about that super excited about that also if we have to take a week break um we'll let you know i think alexa's having a child in the next five days but that's just my (laughs) personal opinion i'm giving myself another week and a half but i do think it's going to be an early one so We may have to take a break here or there, and we will post on socials if we do. But um, in the meantime, go ahead and rate, review, subscribe. Five stars only. You know the drill. We're fragile. You know, after she pops this kid out, she's she will no longer be pregnant, but she will be possibly uh, have some postpartum depression. I wasn't going to go that far. I was just going to (laughs) say postpartum. Yeah, lift up my spirits, damn it, with some five star reviews. And as always, I am just fragile, so be nice. <laughs> just generally. <laughs> just generally. Um, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in this week. We'll see you next week. And remember, nothing is evil in the beginning except kids. Fuck them kids. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, bye. bye. <laughs>